And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hodnell. This is the Ken Hodnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, happy 4th of July. This is the, uh, what's known as Independence Day. It's the 185th day of the year. 180 days remain to the end of the year. And it, uh, is a day or a date that has a lot of history attached to it. 362 B.C., the Battle of Mantinia, the Thebans, led by Epinonondas, defeat the Spartans, which is a hard thing to do. 414 A.D., Emperor Theodosius II, who was 13, yields power to his older sister, Elia Pulcheria, who reigned as regent, proclaimed herself empress of the Eastern Roman Empire. That was the Byzantium, or the Byzantine Empire. 836, Pactum Sicardi, peace treaty between the Principality of Benevento, the Duchy of Naples, is signed on this date. 993, Ulrich of Augsburg is canonized as a saint. 1054, Supernova caught us in 1054, seen by Chinese Song Dynasty, Arab and possibly Amerindian observers near the star Zeta Tauri. For several months, it remains bright enough to be seen during the day. Its remnants form the Crab Nebula. 1120, Jordan II of Capua is anointed as prince after his infant uh, nephew's death. Okay. Eleven eighty seven. During the Crusades, the Battle of Hatton. Saladin defeats Kai of Lusignan, who was the King of Jerusalem. Now, I've been asked about the King of Jerusalem. I was the supreme ruler of the Kingdom of Jerusalem. It was an actual kingdom. It was a crusader state founded in Jerusalem by the Latin Catholic leaders of the First Crusade. They conquered that city in 1099. And Godfrey de Bouillon, first ruler of the Kingdom of Jerusalem, didn't want to be king. He took the title Defender of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. In 1100, Baldwin I, Godfrey's successor, was crowned king. The Crusader in Jerusalem were conquered in 1187, but their, the kingdom survived, moving the capital to Accra in 1191. Crusaders recaptured the city of Jerusalem in the Sixth Crusade during uh, <clears throat> 1229 to 1239 and 1241 to 1244. It was finally dissolved with the fall of Accra the end of the Crusades in uh, 1291. But even after the Crusader state ceased to exist, the title King of Jerusalem was claimed by a number of European noble houses descended from the kings of Cyprus or the kings of Naples. The current king of Spain, well, who's a relative of mine, uh, claims that title. <coughs> All right. 1253, Battle of the West Capella. John I of Avignon defeats Guy of Dampierre. 
1359, Francesco II, or de Lafayette Forley, surrenders to the papal commander, Gildi Albornoz. 1456, Ottoman and Hungarian Wars, the siege of Nandafarava, or Belgrade, begins. 1534, Christian III is elected king of Denmark, Norway, in the town of Rye. 1584, Philip Amadis and Arthur Barlow arrive at Roanoke Island. 1610, the Battle of Clusino is fought between forces of the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth and Russia during the Polish Muscovite War. 1634, the city of Troy Rivera's is founded in New France. It's now Quebec. 1744, the Treaty of Lancaster, in which the Iroquois ceded lands between the Allegheny Mountains and the Ohio River to the British colonies, was signed in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 1774, Orangetown resolutions are adopted in the province of New York, one of the many protests against the British Parliament's uh, coercive acts. 1776, American Revolution. Declaration of Independence is adopted on this date in the Second Continental Congress. 1778, American Revolutionary War. U.S. forces of George Clark capture Kaskaskia during the Illinois Campaign. 1802, on this date, West Point, New York, the U.S. Military Academy opens. 1803, Louisiana Purchase was announced to the American people. 1817, in Rome, New York, construction on the Erie Canal begins. 1818, the U.S. Flag Act of 1818 goes into effect, creating a 13-stripe flag with a star for each state. New stars will be added on the 4th of July after a new state had been admitted. 1827, slavery is abolished in the state of New York. 1831, Samuel Francis Smith writes, My country, tis of thee, for the Boston, Massachusetts, July 4th festivities. 1832, John Neal delivers the first public lecture in the U.S. to advocate the rights of women. 1832, Durham University, established by Act of Parliament. Uh, it's the first recognized university to be founded in England since Cambridge over 600 years before. 1937, Grand Junction Railway, the world's longest, uh, first long-distance railway, opens between Birmingham and Liverpool. 1838, Iowa Territory is organized. 1845, David Henry Thoreau, I'm sorry, Henry David Thoreau, moves into a small cabin on Walden Pond in Concord, Massachusetts. His account of his two years there, called Walden, to become a touchstone of the environmental movement. 1855, the first edition of Walt Whitman's book of poems, Leaves of Grass, is published in Brooklyn. 1862, Lewis Carroll tells Alice Liddell the story that would grow into Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and its many sequels. 1863, American Civil War, Siege of Vicksburg, Mississippi, surrenders to U.S. forces under Ulysses S. Grant after 47 days of siege. 1863, American Civil War. Union forces repulse the Confederate Army at the Battle of Helena in Arkansas. Confederate loss fails to relieve pressure on the besieged city of Vicksburg and paves the way for the Union to capture Little Rock. Also on this date in 1863, 
Army Northern Virginia withdraw from the battlefield after losing the Battle of Gettysburg. That signaled an end to the Confederate invasion of U.S. territory. It was also referred to by many as the high water mark of the Confederacy. 1879, Anglo-Zulu War. The Zulu land capital of Lundi is captured by British troops and burned to the ground. It ends the war and forces King uh, Quetzalcoatl to flee. 1881, an Alabama Tuskegee Institute opens. 1886, Canadian Public Railway's first scheduled train from Montreal arrives in Port Moody on the Pacific Coast after traveling for six days. 1887, the founder of Pakistan, Quad e Azam Muhammad al Jinnah, joins uh, Zind Madrasa to Islam Karachi. 1892, Western Samoa changes international dateline, causing Monday, July 4th, to occur twice. Resulting in a year with 367 days. 1894, the short-lived Republic of Hawaii is proclaimed by Sanford B. Dole. 1898, en route from New York to La Havre, the SS La Bourgogne uh, collides with another ship and sinks off the coast of Sable Island. 549 lives were lost. 1901, William Howard Taft becomes American governor of the Philippines. 1903, the Philippine-American War is officially concluded. 1910, the Johnson-Jeffries riots occur after African-American boxer Jack Johnson knocks out white boxer Jim Jeffries in the 15th round. Between 11 and 26 people are killed and hundreds more are injured. 1911, massive heat wave strikes the northeastern U.S., kills 380 people in 11 days and breaks temperature records in several cities. 1913, Woodrow Wilson addresses American Civil War veterans at the Great Reunion of 1913. 1914, the funeral of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife, Sophie, take place in Vienna, six days after their assassinations in Sarajevo. 1918, Mohammed V dies at the age of 73, and Ottoman Sultan Mohammed VI ascends the throne. 1918, World War I. Battle of Hamel, a successful attack by the Australian Corps against German positions near the town of Le Hamel on the Western Front took place on this date. 1927, the first light flight of the Lockheed Vega took place on this date. 1939, Lou Gehrig, recently diagnosed with hypertrophic lateral sclerosis, informs a crowd of Yankee Stadium he considers himself the luckiest man on the face of the planet. And then he announces he's retiring from Major League Baseball. 1941, Nazi crimes against the Polish nation. On this date, Nazi troops massacred Polish scientists and writers in the captured Ukrainian city of Lviv. Also in 1941, the burning of the Riga synagogues. The great Kuril synagogue in German occupied Riga is burned with 300. Jews knocked in the basement. 1942, World War II, the 250-day siege of Sevastopol in the Crimea ends when the city falls to Axis forces. 1943, the Battle of Kursk, the largest full-scale battle in history and the world's largest tank battle, begins in the village of Prokhorovka. 
Also, 1943, World War II in Gibraltar, Royal Air Force B-24 Liberator bomber crashes into the sea in an apparent accident moments after takeoff. Kills 16 passengers on board, including General Ladislaw Sikorsky, the commander-in-chief of the Polish Army and Prime Minister of Polish Government of Exile. Only the pilot survives. 1946, the Kielce pogrom against Jewish Holocaust survivors in Poland begins on this date. Also in 1946, after 381 years of near-continuous colonial rule by various powers, the Philippines gets full independence from the United States. 1947, Indian independence bills presented before the British House of Commons proposing the independence of the provinces of British India to two sovereign countries, India and Pakistan. 1950, Cold War, Radio Free Europe holds its first broadcast on this date. 1951, a court in Czechoslovakia sentences American journalist William Otis to 10 years in prison on charges of espionage. Also in 1951, William Shockley announces the invention of the junction transistor. 1954, rationing ends in the UK. 1960, due to the post-independence day admission of Hawaii to the, as the 50th U.S. state now on August 21st, 1959, the 50-star flag of the U.S. debuts in Philadelphia almost ten and a half months later. 1961, on its maiden voyage, a Soviet nuclear-powered submarine K-19 suffers a complete loss of coolant to its reactor. The crew is able to effect repairs, but 22 of them die of radiation poisoning over the next two years. 1966, President Lyndon, I'm going to be King Johnson, signs the Freedom of Information Act into U.S. law. Went into effect in 1967. 1976, Israeli commandos raided Tibi Airport in Uganda, rescuing all but four of the passengers and crew of an Air France jetliner seized by Palestinian terrorists. 1976, the U.S. celebrates its bicentennial. 1977, George Jackson Brigade plants a bomb at the main power substation for the Washington State Capitol in Olympia. In solidarity with the prison strike at Walla Walla State Penitentiary Intensive Security Unit. The George Jackson Brigade, for those that are interested, was a revolutionary group founded in the mid-70s. Based in Seattle, named after George Jackson, a dissident prisoner and Black Panther member shot and killed during an alleged escape attempt at San Quentin's uh, 1971. The group combined veterans of the women's liberation movement, homosexuals, and black prisoners. It was ideologically diverse, consisting of both communists and anarchists. Engaged in a number of bombings and other attacks on governmental business sites, as well as bank robberies uh, from 1975 to 1977. The group broke up with uh, death or imprisonment of many of its members by the end of that pe uh, period of time. Well... Somebody always wants to be uh, known as an activist or a freedom fighter or this or that. When in actuality, all they want to do is cause trouble. 1982, the three Iranian diplomats and a journalist are kidnapped in Lebanon by Falange forces, and their fate remains unknown to this day. They're probably buried somewhere in the desert. 1987, in France, former Gestapo chief Klaus Barbie, also known as the Butcher of Lyon, is convicted of crimes against humanity and sentenced to life imprisonment. 
1994, in the Rwandan genocide, Kigali, the Rwandan capital, was captured by the Rwandan Patriotic Front, ending the genocide in the city. 1997, NASA's Pathfinder space probe lands on the surface of Mars. Um, in spite of rumors to the contrary, there were no celebrations or ticker tape parades on Mars. Uh, 1998, Japan launches the Nozomi probe to Mars, joining the U.S. and Russia as a space-exploring nation. 2001, Vladivostok Air Flight 352 crashes on approach to Irkutsk Airport, killing all 145 people on board. 2002, a Boeing 707 crashes near Bangoy in Poco International Airport in Bangoy, Central African Republic, killed 28 people. 2004, the cornerstone of the Freedom Towers laid on the World Trade Center site in New York City. Also in 2004, Greece beats Portugal in the UFA Euro 2004 final, becomes European champion for the first time in its history. 2005, the Deep Impact Collider hits the comet Temple 1. 2006, Space Shuttle Program, Discovery launches STS-121 to the International Space Station. The event gained wide media attention as it was the only shuttle launch in the program's history to occur on the United States Independence Day. Uh, 2009, the Statue of Liberty's crown reopens to the public after eight years of closure due to security concerns following the September 11th attacks. 2009, the first of four days of bombings begins on the southern Philippine island group of Mindanao. 2012, the discovery of particles consistent with the Higgs boson in the Large Hadron Collider is announced by um, at CERN. 2015, Chile claims its first title in international football by defeating Argentina in the 2015 Copa America final. All right. Now the America's Independence Day has a long history. Um, June 11th, 1776, the Second Continental Congress met in Philadelphia and formed a committee whose express purpose was drafting a document that would formally sever their ties with Great Britain. On that committee were Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston. Um, Jefferson, who was considered the most eloquent writer, wrote the original draft document. Uh, total of 86 charges were made to his changes were made to his draft, and the final version was adopted July 4, 1776. July 5th, copies of the Declaration of Independence were distributed, and July 6th, the Pennsylvania Evening Post became the first newspaper to print this extraordinary document. It's become one of the nation's most cherished symbols of liberty. July 8th, 1776, was the first public reading of the Declaration held in Philadelphia's Independence Square. July 4, 1777, Philadelphia marked Independence Day by adjourning Congress and celebrating with bonfires and bells and fireworks. 
Congress established Independence Day as a holiday in 1870. In 1938, Congress reaffirmed it as a paid holiday for federal employees. Unfortunately, a lot of our Looney Tune activists um, don't support it. Now, Independence Day actually commemorates the passage of the, the Declaration of Independence, in spite of rumors to the contrary. Um, on July 2nd, Congress voted in favor of independence from Great Britain, but didn't complete the process of revising the Declaration of Independence until two days later. Celebration was initially modeled on that of the King's birthday, which had been marked annually by bell ringing and bonfires and solemn processions and speeches. Such festivals had long played a significant role in the Anglo-American political tradition, especially in the 17th and 18th centuries when dynastic and religious controversies shook the British Empire. The choice of which anniversaries of historic events were celebrated and which were downplayed had clear political meanings. The ritual of toasting the king and other um, the ritual of toasting the king and other uh, patriot heroes or criticizing them became a I guess an informal type of political speech. The early stages of the revolutionary movement in the colonies during the 1760s and 1770s, patriots used such uh, celebrations to proclaim their resistance to Parliament's legislation, while lauding King George III as the real uh, defender of English liberties. However, the marking of the first days of independence during the summer of 1776 actually took uh, the form of many towns of a mock funeral for the king, whose death in the minds of many symbolized the end of the monarchy and tyranny and the rebirth of liberty. Well, all that having been said, we've been talking about a lot of mysteries. And the... Um, One of the most mysterious places on the planet is China's Forbidden City. Only certain people are allowed to go there. It was the home of two dozen Chinese emperors. And it's a dazzling showcase of ancient Chinese culture dating back 600 years. You know, for almost 500 years, up until 1911, the Forbidden City in Beijing served as the royal home of 24 Chinese emperors, a uh, inspiring testimony to Chinese civilization and culture during the heights of the Ming and the Qing dynasties. Named the Forbidden City because only the emperor and his family, servants, and high officials were allowed to enter the 
was the political ritual city of China. The site uh, underwent constant renovations throughout its history. Construction began in 1406 by the, the Ming Emperor Zhu Di, who after seizing power in a coup d'etat, decided to move the imperial capital city from uh, Nanjing to uh, southeastern China to Beijing in the north. To accomplish uh, the relocation, nearly a million workers were marshaled to clear land and quarry rock and move equipment supplies over the the vast distance between the two locations. And construction was construction was fairly constant until 1420. In its present configuration, the Forbidden City has about 980 buildings, including nearly 10,000 rooms and antechambers spread across uh, 180 acres. That's more than two and a half times the size of the Kremlin. And all the buildings are made of wood, mainly colored bright red or yellow. Dozens of handsomely designed palaces, the ceremonial religious sites, courtyards, terraces, and stairways are scattered across the city. And a 32-foot-high wall and a 165-foot-wide moat surround the complex. The names of the various architectural elements within the complex uh, are said to give the Forbidden City uh, magical and mystical qualities. The Palace of Heavenly Purity served as the Emperor's audience hall during the Qing Dynasty and as the Emperor's residence during the Ming Dynasty. The Hall of Supreme Harmony served as the site of Emperor's enthronements and wedding ceremonies. And it's believed each structure in the compound was designed according to the treatise on architectural methods or state building standards in an 11th century handbook that established standards for construction material and specifications for woodworking and painting and moat construction. Also within the Forbidden City is the Palace Museum, a national museum that features more than one million works of Chinese art including ceramics and bronze and enamel objects and paintings and a whole lot more. Well, from uh, the Forbidden City, let's go to one of the most uh, copied feats of engineering in the world, and that's the Parthenon. Parthenon has a lot of mysteries. Um within its uh, within the structure. For 25 centuries, the Parthenon, considered by many architects and archaeologists as the finest building ever constructed, is set atop the Athenian necropolis. It's been rocked by earthquakes, set on fire and looted. Um, but this sacred site dedicated to the goddess Athena, guardian of ancient Athens, holds uh, a number of secrets researchers are just beginning to understand. It was built in about eight or nine years, ending about 438 B.C. Now, you have to ask yourself, how could such a massive marble structure? It's got a base of 23,000 square feet, 46 columns, a 525-foot frieze made of scores of life-size human figures have been built in such a short period of time. 
We couldn't do that today. Researchers believe the Athenians likely used pulleys and wooden cranes to transport and lift the the huge marble blocks used in the building's construction. Now, to the naked eye, the Parthenon seems to be geometrically straight, but a closer evaluation shows there's hardly a straight line in the temple. In parts of the building, especially the slowly bulging centers of the columns are intentionally curved. Researchers believe the reason the masons built in these uh, slight curves to correct the visual distortion that naturally occurs when the human eye gazes upon a large object from a distance. project to restore the Parthenon, funded by uh, the Greek government and the European Union, uh, started in 1983. Supposedly, they're going to finish in 2025 if there's still a European Union left. Well, from the Parthenon, let's go to the forgotten city of Nanmadal. This is a vast complex of megalithic structures and rises from the uh, sea of coral rock to Great an ancient city that appears to float on the water. Abutting the coast of a remote Micronesian island is the ruins of maybe the most incredible engineering marvel of the ancient world. And by that I mean the city of Nanmadal. The only ancient city built entirely on top of a coral reef. But despite the massive scale of the construction project, 92 artificial islands spread over 200 acres of shoreline. Absolutely no records exist documenting exactly when or how Nanmadal was built or why the, the task of building on coral rock was undertaken at all. Now the island, Pompeii, roughly 130 square miles in Area is located nearly 5,600 miles off the coast of California in the Pacific Ocean. And I'm surprised our current California governor hadn't tried to take it under his control. He wants to pass laws covering everything else. And the first human activity on the island dates back to the 1st or 2nd century B.C. The earliest settlers uh, arriving from the Solomon Islands are the Vanuatu archipelago to the south. Construction on the series of artificial uh, islands like they began about the 8th or 9th century A.D. with um, most of it happening in the 12th and 13th centuries during the reign of the Sudalur dynasty. And under the Sudalurs, Madal was the political, social, and religious center of the island. Well, the foundations of the islets were made of large basalt boulders up to 20 feet long, brought from the other side of Pompeii. Researchers have identified several possible quarry sites, but they can't determine exactly how the heavy stones are transported to the building site. Local legend, of course, claims that they were moved by uh, magic. Historians suggest the rocks may have been carried on rafts to the site, but don't know how the stones were sunk into the waters and erected on the, the coral reef. Especially since the ivory tower scientists firmly believe the builders worked without the benefit of pulleys or louvers. 
The black lava rock was also used to build the walls of the 130 structures. Some as high as 45 feet and up to 15 th feet thick. This includes dwellings and temples, administrative buildings and workshops, and a large royal mortuary. One cornerstone of the mortuary weighs uh, roughly 50 tons. And the total weight of all the rocks moved and put in place is estimated at about 826,500 tons. That's a lot of weight, folks. No concrete or other binding agent was used in the city's uh, construction. Stones were carefully cut and placed on each other in a crisscross pattern. Well, Fernando Madal, let's talk about the legendary city of Troy. Now, the story of the legendary city of Troy in ancient Greece first appeared in Homer's Iliad which is written in the mid-8th century B.C. In his saga, Homer described a long, bloody war, now known as the Trojan War, fought between the Greeks and the Trojans roughly five centuries prior to Homer's birth. The Greeks triumphed by hiding inside the colossal Trojan horse to gain entrance to the wall city and ultimately uh, overran their foes. But scientists have often questioned, did Troy actually exist? And was the Great War really fault, or was Homer's account the product of his imagination? Well, excavations at the locale where Homer placed Troy in the present-day northwestern Turkey revealed the site's actually a series of ancient cities, each one built on top of the previous one. And one of the layered cities, which ties into the date of Homer's account, bears a remarkable similarity to Homer's descriptions, and there's a strong evidence the city was destroyed by during a war. Well, based on these findings, modern scientists are generally convinced that Troy is actually a historical fact. Some researchers believe Homer heard tales of the war during his lifetime and recounted them roughly in his Iliad. To date, though, there is no concrete proof of a specific Trojan War in the literature of any of the ancient civilizations. But it does raise interesting questions. Was there a Trojan horse? I mean, it's a fairly detailed uh, legend if it was made up. Well, from the city of Troy... Let's talk about the one of the most famous curses in history. I'm not talking about our current administration. I'm talking about the curse of Tutankhamun. There's been a trail of disturbing tragedies and that has plagued the lives of those associated with the discovery of Tut's tomb in Egypt's Valley of the Kings. There was a hieroglyphic inscription over the entrance to the tomb of Egypt's fabled boy pharaoh, Tutankhamun. And when it was translated, it read, Death will come on swift wings to whoever toucheth the tomb of the pharaoh. But English archaeologist Howard Carter and his financial backer, Lord Carnivan, were undaunted by the cryptic warning. 
November 26, 1922, they opened the door to the ancient ruler's tomb, and by doing so, they made the greatest find in the history of archaeology and possibly unleashed a mysterious 3,200-year-old curse. Now, to that common, nearly intact final resting place revealed a treasure trove of artifacts that included uh, furniture and gold statues and the royal chariot, weapons, a jewel-encrusted pendants. Excavating and cataloging the finds continued for many weeks into the spring of 1923, the time when a string of inexplicable disasters struck the digging party. On March 6th, 1923, Lord Carnivon was bitten on the cheek by a mosquito. So the story goes. Began to run a high fever which turned into pneumonia. Newspaper writers speculated that a protective curse on the pharaoh's tomb was responsible for the Lord Carnivon's illness. And public fears ran rampant when Lord Carnivon died, April 5th, 1923. And after his death, there were a number of other deaths that have all been laid at the feet of the, the curse. Arthur Mace, an American archaeologist on the Tut Dig, fell into a coma and died shortly after Carnivon did. Research reveals that... Uh, there didn't actually seem to be a cause for this uh, coma. George J. Gould, millionaire American antiquities collector and son of the famous financier, died days after visiting the tomb. British radiologist Archibald Douglas Reed, who x-rayed Tutank Island's tomb, died on his return trip to England in 1924. Professor George's Benedict director of Egyptian Antiquities at the Louvre Museum in Paris, fell while visiting the tomb, contracted pneumonia and died in Luxor, Egypt in 1926. I'm not sure how a fall can give you pneumonia, but those are the facts. By 1929, 22 people involved in a Tutankhamun excavation died unexpectedly, including an attendant in the British Museum who collapsed and died while handling objects from the tomb. And for many people, even today, the curse of the King Tut's uh, tomb remains more the, than an alarming coincidence. You know, it's uh, fascinating to um, contemplate what the... Um, Egyptian... priests and monks could have used to uh, to cause something like this. You know, turning from King Tutankhamun's tomb, let's talk about the the figure known as the Guardian of Giza. It's a colossal man-lion statue it's the world's most quintessential enigma. It's located on the Giza Plaza on the west bank of Egypt's Nile River. It's called the Great Sphinx, the largest carving of the ancient world that still exists. 
world-renowned sculpture resides a short distance from three pyramids that served as tombs for Egyptian pharaohs. Or at least that's what they were supposed to be. Great Pyramid of Khufu, Pyramid of Khafre, Pyramid of Menkhari. Measuring 238 feet in length and 66 feet from its base to the top of its head, that great sphinx was carved from the area's limestone to face the rising sun. Interestingly enough, though, no mention of the statue's construction has ever been found in Egyptian uh, writings. Now, beside these few known details, though, archaeologists, Egyptologists, and scholars have been hounded by speculation as to the age and the origin and function of the enigmatic sculpture. Most uh, historians believe the Sphinx was built during the reign of uh, Khafre, also known as Sephirin, about 2540 B.C. Said Khafre had his name carved onto the body of a lion at roughly the same time his nearby pyramid was being constructed. In the 1990s, Boston University geologist Robert Soch challenged this commonly held view by claiming the erosion on the Sphinx could only have been the result of rainfall and water runoff, and that would date the Sphinx to an era of heavier rainfall than a recent millennia, anywhere from 5,000 to 9,000 B.C. Skeptics dismissed the claim, noting similar patterns of water erosion have not been found on other monuments at Giza. But of course, the avatar scientists are never going to admit they could have made a mistake. Other hypotheses surrounding the mysterious monument uh, make for interesting reading. Some say the Sphinx was originally a statue of the jackal dog god Anubis, and the face was recarved in the likeness of Pharaoh Amenhotep. Amenemhet II. We can't talk. Some writers claim the statue served as a tomb, others that it possessed supernatural powers. It has long been a story that if you dig between its paws, you can find the entrance to an underground library that has unbelievable information. Whatever its origin and function, the Great Sphinx has been stirring the imagination of everybody who has seen it. From the beginning of history. Well, Ramses II, also known as Ramses the Great, was arguably the greatest pharaoh of ancient Egypt. He went, ascended the throne upon the death of his father, Seti I, in 1279 B.C., ruled Egypt for 66 years, the second longest reign in Egyptian history. He died about the age of 90. Believed to, be, to have uh, had more than uh, 200 wives and concubines and fathered more than 100 children. I'd like to see that family reunion. He enjoyed a stable and prosperous reign. Secured his nation's borders against Egypt's enemies, most notably the Hittites and vastly increased the wealth of the country. The great Ramsey's most enduring legacy is his unmatched uh, record as the builder of stone monuments, temples, and colossal statues. He's said to have built more than any other Egyptian ruler. He completed the construction of the Temple of Karnak and built a new capital at uh, P. Ramses, the 
Mortuary Temple, Ramesium, the uh, Temple of Abu Simbel, and other notable projects. Well, historians believe at least one inspiration for his uh, building passion was Nefertari, his first wife and most cherished queen. And her name and likeness inscribed on temple walls and ordered countless statues of her to be built, even long after she died and after he had taken other wives. To be built for in Thebes is one of the most magnificent in all of ancient Egypt. She must have uh, been a remarkable woman to cause that type of adoration. Now, from the glory that was Ramses, let's talk about a stunning stone kingdom in Africa. Second only to ancient Egypt, the greatest stone monument on the African continent continues to intrigue researchers. In his 1552 book, Asia, Portuguese historian, Joao de Barrios described a complex in uh, Sofala, port in present-day Mozambique, as a square fortress, masonry within and without, and built of stones of marvelous size. This fortress lay in the heart of gold mining country, according to the Barrios, and for centuries after it, Arab and European explorers assumed the site was the biblical Ophir, the mines from which King Solomon of Israel obtained his vast gold treasures. 1871, German explorer Karl Mauch, on a quest to find the fabled site of Ophir, trekked deep in the present-day southern Zimbabwe, west of uh, Sofala. He discovered a large expanse of granite stone ruins, some with walls as high as 32 feet. 1891, British archaeologist James Bent conducted the first formal dig of the abandoned city, followed by investigations by British journalist Richard Hall in 1902 and British archaeologist David Randall um, MacIver, 1905. Sifting through dozens of ruins... Researchers uncovered scores of artifacts, including imported objects such as Arab beads and Chinese ceramics, dating to the 14th and 15th century A.D. By the late 1920s, the consensus among scholars was nearly unanimous. The extensive stone ruins that came to be known as the Great Zimbabwe were built by local African tribes, maybe the Shona or the Vinda, beginning about 1100 A.D., the ruins extend about 200 acres in Zimbabwe, making a site the largest of many similar stone ruins across the Zimbabwe and neighboring Mozambique. In addition to serving as a place of worship, the Great Zimbabwe was the hub of a prosperous trading empire that flourished centuries before Arab or European settlers dominated commerce in the area. What led to its decline, of course, is uncertain. Maybe famine or drought brought the citizens, uh, forced the citizens to move to more hospitable regions. Another theory suggests the depletion of gold at nearby mines resulted in declining trade and the subsequent abandonment of the complex. There's a lot of questions that will never be answered. And from the Great Zimbabwe, let's turn to. Another mystery. 
3,500 years ago, the first great European civilization collapsed. I'm referring to the Minoans, mysterious inhabitants of the island of Crete in the Mediterranean Sea. Between 3000 and 1450 B.C., the Minoan civilization thrived, controlled a vast maritime trading empire with bustling cities and sumptuous private estates and spectacular palaces, including the, uh, the uh, Labyrinthian uh, uh, Canossus. Minoan artisans and craftsmen produced magnificent ornaments made of gold and gems and Painted, painted breathtaking frescoes of earth's natural beauty. And suddenly the majesty of the Minoans was gone. So what happened to these Bronze Age people? Sophistication set them apart from everyone else. Details about Minoan civilizations are scarce. The questions about uh, who the Minoans were may have recently been answered. A study released by geneticist George Stematoyanopoulos of the University of Washington in Seattle in 2013 revealed that uh, DNA extracted from the teeth of ancient Minoans indicate that the Minoans were Cretan and Greek origin. According to the study, the ancestors of the Cretans came from modern-day Turkey and Iraq roughly 9,000 years ago. Well... You know, there are also a number of, um, well, let's call them religious um, locations that fall under the, uh, on our list of mystery, mysterious places. Let's talk about the Tower of Babel. People of Babylon built a massive tower so they could touch the heavens. But according to legend, their arrogance angered God who, uh, Inflicted an eternal punishment. Story of the Tower of Babel is recounted in the second book of Genesis of the Bible. It was probably written about the 6th century B.C. Roughly during the time the Hebrews lived in captivity in Babylon. At that point in time, Babylon was the most magnificent city on the planet. Situated on the Euphrates River in Mesopotamia, the city boasted beautiful and impressive structures, including the Hanging Gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Babylonian builders erected imposing ziggurats, tall rectangular step towers surmounted by important temples, and the ruins of n numerous ziggurats can still be seen today. The biblical tale of the Tower of Babel was based on Babylonian ziggurats, story serves as a biblical explanation for the existence of multiple languages. According to the story, before the tower was built, all people spoke one language. When God saw the plan to erect a tower to reach the heavens, he said if as one people speak in the same language they begin to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So let's go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So he scattered them from uh, there all over the earth, and they stopped building the tower. Ancient Hebrews believed the name of the city was derived from the Hebrew word Balal, meaning confusion, reference to the chaos that uh, followed after God caused uh, people to speak different languages. Well, from uh, the Tower of Babel, let's go to England and Stonehenge. 
I've seen it. It's a fascinating place. We still don't know who built the most famous megalithic structure on the planet. On Salisbury Plain in the county of Wiltshire in southern England stands Stonehenge. Archaeologists believe that several different groups built this prehistoric monument at several different times. Earliest structures in the area are four to five pits that held timber posts erected between 8500 and 7000 B.C. By about 3500 B.C., several long barrows or burial mounds and numerous rectangular earthworks have been built in the vicinity of the Stonehenge. About 3000 B.C., a circular ditch measuring 360 feet in diameter was built with an inner and outer band. This hinge, as it was called, was uh, encircled by timber posts and had two entrances. Cremations and burials were conducted there. In about 2600 B.C., two concentric circles of bluestone pillars were raised at the center of the site. Weighing about four tons each, the stones were carved at a quarry about 190 miles away and in some fashion, we still don't know, transported to Salisbury Plain. About 300 years later, the Blue stones were replaced by Saracens, the sandstone pillars and slabs visible at the site today. Well, we got time for one more mysterious location, and that would be the Mayan city of Palenique. By 250 AD, Mayan civilization dominated present day southeastern Mexico, all of Guatemala, and Belize, and the western regions of Honduras and El Salvador. The Mayan city of Palenque in central Mexico is best known for the Temple of Inscriptions. Completed in about uh, 685 A.D., the Temple of Inscriptions is a nine-stepped pyramid with a small building on top, accessible only by climbing a steep 65-foot-high stairway. While investigating the temple in 1949, Mexican archaeologist Alberto Ruiz Lunar found a large stone in the temple floor. He lifted the uh, slab to discover a rubble-filled staircase leading down underneath the small building. When he finally reached the bottom of the stairs, he found a standing triangular-shaped slab of stone and the skeletons of six young people. Moving aside the slab, he entered a large uh, tomb with an enormous sarcophagus, elaborately carved in bas-relief. Inside was a skeleton of a man covered by jade ornaments but he had no idea who he was. That answer didn't come until the 1970s when the carvings on the lid of the sarcophagus were finally deciphered. Archaeological community was astonished to learn that the crypt belonged to the famous Mayan ruler, Sun Lord Pakal. During his 69-year reign, he became one of the greatest urban, uh, Palenik became one of the greatest urban hubs in Mesoamerica. And he achieved... Uh, a status almost that of a god. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's show. I hope you have a happy fourth. Watch your pets when the fireworks go off tonight. Well, until tomorrow at this time, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.